Welcome to Australian Basketball Coach. I'm your host, Anthony Corcoran. Welcome to Australian Basketball Coach. I'm pretty happy tonight to have one of the main movers and shakers at Basketball Queensland, Luke Can, the State Performance Manager, uh, with me tonight on the podcast. So welcome, mate. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks very much for ha- having me. And uh, obviously, tough time. So it's good to, to talk a bit of basketball and get away from the, the realities that are, that, that are happening around us. Yeah, for sure. And we'll, we'll get into a bit of that later. I think it's an interesting time. Um, we're all sort of probably hoping it doesn't go on for too long, but I guess it's one of those things, be prepared for the worst. And, you know, hopefully um, the planning that everyone does, you know, right now will uh, see him come out the other side a bit stronger and a bit more resilient. Yeah, mate, for sure. I mean, obviously just to start off the podcast, obviously just a big shout out to everyone in our basketball community, the Queensland community and, and the greater Australian community. Um just those got those people that are doing it tough. Obviously, there's a lot of pressures in, in with job security, and uh, obviously our youngsters, um, you know, uh, obviously struggling without the sport they love. But uh, I know a lot of people are. So I guess just uh, thinking of everybody, um, and then wishing everyone to get through this kind of healthy, um, you know, and happy, and, and we come out the other side tougher for the experience, and we can kind of continue doing what we love. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's it. I think everyone hopefully can keep perspective and, and sort of realise this isn't going to be a, a thing that'll, you know, be hopefully won't be around for a long, long time, but we should be able to get through it. So let's uh, have a bit of a chat about your journey. You've been involved with basketball for a, for a long time, I know, and, as, uh, you know, probably have fulfilled the trifecta of being a player a coach and an administrator in basketball. So how did it all start for you, mate? And like, who were your early basketball influences? And and, and more so uh, from a coaching point of view, like who had an impact uh, on you throughout your career and uh, made you fall in love with basketball? Yeah, um, good question, mate. I guess it's been a, um, like anybody that, that is a, a basketball lifer, uh, we, I was born into it, um, family, both my mum and dad were coaches um, and administrators and volunteers and, and, and kind of did all that. Um, so I can, as soon as I was born, as, as far as I can remember, I was around a basketball court. Um, so that's kind of where it started for me. Both my parents are obviously a big influence. Obviously, my, my father, Warwick, is at a... Um, a pretty successful, you know, career in in, in coaching and administra- administration around the world now. So uh, he's back at BQ, but um, obviously they were my first kind of um, touch points in terms of basketball. Obviously, um, I didn't have many other options. I didn't play many other sports. I didn't really <laughs> like any other sports. So um, you know, I started, remember playing my first game when I was about three years of age, and I, I really didn't didn't look back. Um, just fell in love with it. Um, you know, watched watched it, lived it, breathed it uh, every minute of the day. So, um, obviously, when I was younger, it was kind of an obsession. Um, and that kind of dwindled throughout the years um, through the through the ups and the downs and the hardships and the challenges that you have. But yeah. ultimately, um, you know, I'm still, still, still in it and I work in it uh, and I volunteer my time in it and I have done. So, since I've become, you know, my professional life after my um, short-lived 
uh, basketball in career, uh, senior basketball career. So um, obviously I, I love it and I've been around it for a long time. So um, just the influences are, are definitely my parents uh, and then those people, those people that you're around throughout mm. that whole journey. Like uh, I can remember you know, almost every single one of my coaches have some sort of impact uh, on my life and making who I am. Um, you know, obviously, uh, I wasn't the easiest player to, to, to be able to coach, so which obviously, um, you know, gives me a bit of... I can reflect upon that and be self-aware enough to kind of understand where, where things went wrong uh, in the hindsight and the playing career, but it helps me with the coaching side of it uh, and understanding uh, those great coaches that I had. Um, you know, I had coaches like Paul Gorris, who's um, um, just won the uh, championship with Canberra Capitals. I uh, had him for numerous years as my um, state performance coach and my head coach for North Queensland. Uh-huh. Um, had numerous coaches up there in Townsville. Uh, you know, Bruce Palmer was still to this day one of my one of my you know, best coaches, and he taught me a lot uh, in a in a twelve month span. Um, I've been with him in under twenty, so uh, just 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 heaps of different coaches, mate. Uh, good and bad, to be completely honest with you, but it all makes you um, you know respect everyone for what they what they give you, and they ultimately they give you their time. Uh, they make sacrifices to for the betterment of you, you as a as an athlete, and I think yeah. once I kind of understood that as a as a like a um, a player I, on my back end of my career, I understood that a little bit more, uh, and then it led into my coaching. So I really try and um, take all the pieces of those coaches and those people around me to 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 kind of keep impacting um, the future kids, athletes, and and people that are coming up. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you mentioned, you know, you were lucky to, uh, not lucky, I suppose, you you um, represented Queensland as a junior player. And I think that's probably something, I guess, for, for most players, you know, they might have a goal of doing that and certainly a great achievement. I guess, you know, having played, you know, at Queensland in the junior rep level and you you know, with yourself having that first-hand experience about what it takes to, to get there, like obviously to um, train for it and then compete and you know make a make a team, but then also go away to nationals. I know through your coaching role there at BQ, obviously you're right in that that high performance space. But if you had to say, you know, what were the three magic ingredients for a for a kid for a player who's who's playing and wants to break into that state level sort of team, what are the three main things you think that can make or break a player when they're sort of aiming for that sort of level yeah yeah that's another great question anthony um look again i think i think every it's hard because all athletes are different because they have different differing skill sets whether it be um on court or off court um they have different mental capacities to to learn um there's 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 so many other variable things that go into it um but again if you were if you were to look at three kind of areas, if we, if I was looking for a Queensland athlete, what what can they do? Yeah. Um. You know, and and what do they do well? Uh. That that kind of makes me intrigued about about them as a future uh, Queensland player. Um. I would have to say, uh, number one would obviously be you know your coachability. Um. You know, are you able to adapt 
to different coaches, different systems, uh, and different kind of um, styles of game. Uh, yeah. Can you adapt? Regard? Can you can you plug and can you play with different things? Because at the state level, you don't have a lot of time to learn plays and do things like that. You don't. Yeah. You're not blessed with, you know, even at rep level, you have two trainings a week um, for for a near on six to eight months. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? So you get a lot a lot of time. Um, whereas a state kind of um, uh, like it, it's it's a lot shorter preparation time, so you've got to be able to, to to be plug and play. You've got to be able to be adaptable, and you've got to be coachable. So you have to be able to fulfil your role. Um, but I think that kind of coach coachability comes in many factors. But the main thing is be coachable, um, be hungry, be passionate about your future, about your um, your path uh, as an athlete. Don't let someone else be hungrier for it than you. Uh, you know, we see a lot where a parent or or an, a coach um, that an individual's coach or whatever it may be, a team coach, might actually believe in you more than you do, uh, or like the game more than you, and think that you're going to be a great player. And, and they're the ones that are pushing. They're the ones that are yeah. trying to, to try and um, get you to love the game enough to to, to want it. Um, yeah. And I think it's it's an important thing, and we go through. Uh, we use we look at um, you know whether it be girls or boys, but you, you in a younger age, which you've got more of the kids are actually uh, are driven by the social aspect of it. Even at yeah. a state level, they like being around their friends, and they like they like training, but they don't love it yet. They aren't they aren't in, in love with the sport. They aren't in love with the process of getting better. They like it because they're talented at it, and um, you know they. A lot, their friends are good at it and they're good at it and they just like being around those other people that are similar to them. Yeah. Um, and then you've got others in that same space that are driven by themselves and driven to succeed and know what it takes and are happy to 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 take the feedback, take the hard lessons and, and learn from it and challenge themselves, yeah. um, good and bad, because you've got to be prepared for that through the through the um, through the process. So I mean there's there's numerous there's numerous examples where I could go through all the ones that have that have made it that they've all got their own stories, you know, and very few of them are clear cut kind of you know, um, they were just good, so they made it. Uh, a lot of them have a story, whether it be Chris Gould and not making rep teams and finding his hunger for the game um, later later in his um, basketballing career, junior career, or whether it be Amelia Goodchild who just not, knew from the get-go that she that's what she wanted to do and she's going to do anything possible to make it happen. Uh, yeah. But it comes down to them being driven enough and passionate enough to, to really kind of drive their own future, uh, their own path. Uh, at the moment, we, we get we get some kids that, that can do it, um, yeah. some kids that need a bit of guidance with it, and then you've got some kids that, that just really uh, uh, aren't really there for those reasons. And it might not be – that might come later yeah. and that's what our program wants to do it wants to keep those kids in work so that when it clicks that they've got some sort of base to build upon rather than falling behind um yeah. Yeah. and those kids early that we identify obviously they're the ones that generally make the make the teams and and, and compete for queensland and, and all that so yeah. um yeah definitely the passion the drive uh would probably and you know coachability that that kind of number one uh number two is um I think it's just a skill set, like your, what your skill set is, uh, what we're looking for uh, in terms of 
uh, how you use your skill set. You know, yeah. we're not obviously looking for ten point guards that uh, you know can all dribble. Like we aren't looking for ten players that can dribble. So, what you do differently than other people? What sets you apart? Are you great at something? Yeah. Um, at the moment, we've got a lot of kids that are good at a lot of things. Uh, and there's only so many places for those kind of athletes. So uh, I think is identify areas in which you uh, excel in or could excel in um, yeah. and, and really refine your game around that. So your skill set, your skill set would be number one, uh, number two. So coachability, uh, your passion uh, and your ability to adapt. Number two would be your skill set, uh, finding something that sets you apart. Uh, a lot of, a lot of things we say to our kids is defense. That's the thing that's going to set you apart yeah. because you'll make way, you'll make make room for a kid at the at the uh, national level that can lock their defender down and stop a defender and make their teammates better on that side of the ball. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them already know how to naturally create, especially in Queensland. So uh, we look for the ones that can create the good habits and really infect their team on the defensive side of the ball and their skill set there. Um, you know, do you play with length? Um, do you be disruptive on the ball? Can you kind of slide one to two slides and contain your man and, and disrupt that? Um, can you get the passing lanes and any any kind of transition, you know, positive passes, things like that. So yeah. skill set, defensive orientated, uh, be number two. Um, number three, Nate, it, to be honest with you, it's, it's your athletic ability. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, athletic ability or conditioning. Are you conditioned to be a Queensland athlete? Are you conditioned to go away for us for 10 days uh, in the pressure cooker that is under 16 and under 18 nationals uh, and, and compete against the other best kids around the, the nation uh, every single day, you know, mm. and, 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 and really embrace the grind of that. Uh, a lot of our kids don't are really um, – caught off guard when they first yeah. go to a nationals uh, yeah. because we don't they don't they don't we try and prepare them via voice and, and show them examples and and give them practice games but nothing can prepare you for that so um, yeah just um, you know are you conditioned physically and mentally to be a Queensland athlete uh, it's easier to sell that when a kid has gone through the process yeah. uh, rather than telling them about something they haven't experienced but that's our job to try and uh, make their habits, their training habits and the experiences they go through in the lead up that of uh, a national championship or close to that they're a bit more prepared. So that's, that's kind of generally the third one. Uh, obviously if you're six foot 11, um, then we're very intrigued and we're very, we're very uh, interested in you. Um, you know, just like if you're a six foot five shooting guard and you, you know, are a great defender, we're extremely interested. So that's all athleticism, that's all physical development. Uh, yeah. and, and kids need to understand that, that that is part of it. That's a big part of it. Um, you know, being fit, being conditioned, being strong, um, you know, that allows you to fulfill, you know, your technical and tactical needs of a coach. So um, that'd be the, the probably the third one, Anthony. Yeah, that's great. And do you think, I mean, I'm sort of a little bit interested to hear your thoughts on this, um, something that's sort of been in the back of my mind, I suppose, our pathway in Queensland and Australia, you know, like I suppose that from the junior point of view is, you know, locally make your rep team in your association, um, statewide, you know, make a showing in, in one of those state teams, either the under 15 talent identification sort of group or maybe under 16, under 18 or under 20 state team like North and South. How do you think 
I suppose I've sort of, I guess, realised and, and heard that there's other um, uh, forums being looked at in terms of, you know, the AAU type concept and and things like that. But do you think, I sort of think, you know, the, the, the national pathway is pretty established and, and it works and we know it works uh, from the results of the players who go through that program. But do you think there's other options out there that are worth looking at or, you know, people should yeah, be thinking look, about? I'm not going to, I'm not going to kind of bag out any other kind of alternate views or alternate ways. Cause that's not in the best interest of basketball, the kids, but um, obviously if we look at it uh, subjectively, the, the first one is the Australian pathway. Yeah. Like you said, it's well-renowned. Uh, it's set up, it's respected. Um, you know, the reality is if you're in the Australian pathway and you're identified uh, in, within that pathway, um, where do you think the college coaches or the, the, the good college coaches are going to go? You know what I mean? If you, if that's where you go. Um, but again, you've got to understand that the college system is, is where a lot of our kids want to go. Um, yeah. whether it be a dream of theirs, um, without actually understanding what it's about or just understanding what it's about and saying, that's what I want to do is like division one, mid major, high majors is not for everybody. Um, And we've got just as many athletes that have been part of our pathways that go and play JUCO or NAIA or division two. And they have just as much or better experience in those levels than what our division one athletes, you know, you, for every division one athlete that goes, they don't enjoy it. There is a division two athlete or, uh, an AIA athlete that absolutely enjoys their, their time over in yeah. college. So yeah. everybody's different. It's all about circumstance where you where you end up, you know, what are, what are those kind of things. But so in terms of the pathway, I think if you want to give your best shot to play at the highest level, then it's really a no-brainer because the Australian pathway, Queensland pathway, um, it has the resources. It yeah. has the time. It has the it has the capability to assist you at that level uh, through prove, proven methods and and other things. Um, whereas if you look at the new ones that are rocking up, that you know it might just be a an AAU trip to America, yeah. you know, to get exposed. Is is what was the groundwork? Where was the groundwork to go to there? Were you ready for that? Do you know what I mean? Do you get? Did you get recruited from the AAU? Did they invest? Like we spend six years with some of our kids. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like in our program, like that's a long time, you know. And if you go from start to finish, you know you've gone through the whole system um, and you've learnt all these things and you've been challenged and you've you've done all those things that you you're kind of gonna see at that next level. Whereas if you if you tend to skip steps and look for other avenues that that perhaps are, um, are under-resourced or yeah. unproven, then I think you're not actually you're not actually prepared once you get there. And that's, yeah. that's the end goal. Once you get there, you need to be ready. And if you're not ready, then you're going to get eaten alive regardless of what division and wherever it is. So, And it's, you're not going to have a very um, – fulfilling time you know what I mean rather yeah. than if you go through the process and, and that's the other issue is is are we prepared as young athletes to go through the process for that long in order to get the result we want or do we want 
to find different ways and different doors to open to see if we can, you know, win the lotto, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it's, it's a bit like that. That's kind of, that's the way I see it. Um, and that's my personal experience is through the Australian pathway, through yeah. those things and good and bad, you know, through yeah. setbacks. And I, I got turned down for Australian squads, which I thought I should have been in. And, and, yeah. um, you know, or, uh, and, and I ended up, you know, having the opportunity to go to college. I ended up not going. But, again, I, I think I gave myself the best opportunity at that time by going through the process and going through the steps that, that were laid out um, that many people have done successfully before. And if I had skipped steps, then I wouldn't – I definitely wouldn't have been able to get a, um, an offer, you know yeah. what I mean, or offers yeah. to go to college. So, uh, look, I think – I think I'm not saying no. I'm just saying until those, until you see runs on the board, yeah. I wouldn't be tr- trusting it wholeheartedly. But absolutely, yeah. I think, I think. But it, it, you know, you got to look at the, what it caters for. Like we only pick 30 kids in an SPP squad down south. You know what I mean? And there's uh, what is there eight teams in Division One, eight in Division Two. So that's 160 kids right there. So we picked 30 of the top Division One, Division Two kids out of 160, and that's not even including Division Three and Division Four. So that's in one age group. So um, you know, once 30 out of 160, you know, like you do the maths, like you know, like it's not it's not a huge percentage that are, are lucky enough to be in our pathway. So for those other kids, absolutely, you know, look at other avenues. Um, but the the core issue is still the same. You know, what are those those three areas I talked to you about? Like, what can yeah. you do those things well, you know? And, and can you ex- get exposure and experience in playing basketball that you can keep practicing those things? Uh, and is your skill development, uh, are you acquiring skills every single day of your life? Because if you are, you'll, you won't fall behind. Whereas if you are, those that are in our pathway will just by far exceed you because they're trained you know, trained mentally and physically to, to be at that level because that's what we're preparing for. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess like you say, the the proof is in the pudding and, you know, results speak a lot for the success of a program and just looking at the Queensland teams off the back of the under-20 nationals, you know, both getting through to the final and I think both finishing up with silver. But, you know, that's that, that's a that's a pretty good result, I think. What were your thoughts on that? And, and so why did, you know, what made those teams, what, what helped them get that success? Look, they've had, they've, those groups have always, you know, they've been identified throughout. But, well, you know, in Queensland, you know, you've got to look at it membership-wise. Like yep. we, let's say, for example, we have 30,000 members and I don't know, I'm going to have Josh or Graham you know, yell at me tomorrow when they hear this and say, we're not 30,000, you know, um, but if we were 30,000, yeah, yeah, they'll be, they'll be on the blower, mate. I'll be getting, I'll be getting chewed out. I'll be going to that, that buddy, the, the meeting tomorrow about EQ moving forward and be going, oh, mate, just stuff it. So, um, no, so hypothetically, I mean, if we're 30,000, we're, we're, we're dealing against, you know, Victoria who are 300,000. So yeah. we're, you know, they're 10 times the size of our membership base. So we're really up against it. And there is a saying going at the national level is, is you know, you got two Victorian teams, so you got one medal to get, you know, and that's what you, that's the kind of, that's the mindset. And it's been the mindset since I was coming through. And I think, you know, 
I think the gap is closed, closing in, um, or was closing in. Victoria obviously doing some really great th- things now and really setting the tone um, with the help of, of the government. But, um, you know, we, we, we always we, we want to medal at 16s and 18s. That's what we want to do. Uh, we, we feel like we have the athletes and we, we play to our strengths. Uh, a lot of people will will say, oh, you know, Queenslanders, they don't play D. It's a bit of a running joke with the with the Basketball Australia boys, uh, you know. And now, um, you know, you kind of just tell them, well, they put the ball in hole for you, so you're not you're not complaining when they're doing that for you. So it's mm. you know one of those things that um, you know we're trying to break down barriers. We're trying to we're trying to play to our strengths and do what we do well, yeah. but also work on our weaknesses, and that's what everyone's trying to do. So we're we're trying to do that as, a, and it's you know it's it's it is the Queensland culture as well. We're happy go lucky. We're a bit freer, um, you know. That's effectively on the national scale. That's kind of how we play. That's how our kids play. So, to their detriment, and also, you know, um, it is a strength. You know, so we just yeah. got to balance that out um, the best we can, and that's why we work with our coaches in in you know not over coaching and in kind of doing you know knowing who you got in your team, knowing who your troops are, and who you're going to battle with, and what you can do to get the best out of them. So we do a fair bit of work in that space. Um, you know, and those twenties teams, they were, they were, they've had a successful like careers or the results throughout. Um, you know, the eighteens group got girls got silver last year, so they just yeah. went and backed into it. They played really well. Um, but again, if I was to give you a reason, it's been really, really good. Uh, system basically, you know, really good coaches. We've, we've had really good state performance managers um, before me, um, who I've learned a lot off as well, um, you know, and before that. So uh, we've just always managed to have good people, good coaches around, and, and leading our program. And I think that's why there's not many holes. That's why we we overachieve effectively. Um, yeah. You know, it doesn't result in gold medals all the time. Um, but on average, we, you work out with a Queensland team, it's every five to seven years we, we're due for a gold medal. You know, yeah. other than that, we're, 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 we're keeping the other colours are coming in, um, you know, pretty consistently uh, compared to compared to other states. Um, you know, we want more golds like everybody, but we just got to keep, keep doing what we're doing and, and keep finding points of differences, I think, uh, that allow us to be successful at that at that area because if we're if we're the same as everybody else then you know obviously you know you do the math if we yeah. play the same as victoria then you know <laughs> they you know we're they're 10 times more likely to, to beat us because that's how many more people they have to choose from so um yeah look we're just we're just i think it's just a good process good program good system um t- tried and true uh good people involved um the 20s the 20s had two young coaches they had to inexperienced first-time coaches, but the kids had, had learned enough and done enough leading up to that point to to really allow those coaches to, to coach confidently and 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 kind of get the best out of their athletes. So it was a really good mix. So uh, mm. we were really lucky in the twenties, and it was really cool. And we were really looking forward to going to 18s. Um, you know, with his current groups, there was yeah, the expectations yeah. probably weren't that as high on the boys' side, but I think we would have surprised a lot of people. And then the, the girls' side, we obviously had a bit of talent there because we got silver last year and yeah. the North girls got bronze a couple of years ago. So we were, we had big hopes for that 18s group and, you know, hopefully they, they get to go 
go away in a, in a future window. And, yeah. you know, then we got 16s as well, mate. We'll, we'll see what happens there. But, um, you know, you never know with that age group. But um, we're, we're liking what we've got and we're working, we're working hard and kids are still working hard now. Yeah, and and I think I know I heard Cam Besto talk about this once at a um, actually it was a SPP program I think, and he sort of said, yeah. you know, don't don't get too hung up if you're a young athlete and you don't make under sixteen or under eighteen team because you know typically particularly males uh, you know mature at a, a much later date, and he sort of felt that he didn't really pick till he was like 21, 22. So is that yeah. sort of a message that you, you talk to the kids about as well, like the ones coming through? Absolutely. Absolutely, mate. I, um, I've been around long enough to understand that, um, you know, and it is hard. It's, it's how you deliver to kids. It's how you talk to them and how they understand it. You really got to put it in their terms for them to understand. So you really got to try and connect with them because – you know, you, you will have issues uh, with them understanding it. But, you know, we, we use the Chris Goulding story, you know, yearly, you yeah. know, like it's, it's, it's a regular in our FDP um, camps um, and even SD, SDP camps. So we talk about, you know, having your own path, you know, like what is your path? Your path might not be a Queensland state team, um, you know, and, and like with, with bubbles, it, it wasn't, he, he wasn't even, he ended up, transferring um, clubs in under 18 because he was a Division 2 athlete. So he wanted to play Division 1, so he had to change clubs. And obviously, yeah. didn't make, um, you know, and then he, he didn't make the state teams until, you know, I think it was 20. Yeah, Yeah, it might be first year 20s. He made yeah. the state team yeah. for the first time. So he, he, what, he didn't just start playing last week. He played the whole time, you know, and, for whatever reason, um, you know, but he's been one of the most successful um, Queensland athletes ever, you know, like you've got that, you've got, um, you know, guys like Aaron Baines. I played with Aaron uh, Baines uh, for four years, six years, sorry, um, you know, or five years. So I played with him five years. And if you were to ask me under 16, was Aaron Baines going to play in the NBA and get paid millions of dollars, I would have said, you're kidding yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, but when you, when you look at it now, you absolutely understand it because he had a, he had a work rate and a desire that was, that was unmatched. Um, you know, and once he developed yeah. mentally and understood the game more, uh, and obviously, you know, developing physically, obviously that's a big part of what he does and who he is. But, you know, he's he's continuing to develop. Like you watch him this year, Anthony, and, you know, Aaron Baines, you know, uh, there's a story. He, he, you know, he dunked it in one of our younger age groups. He intercepted it from his own team and dunked it on his own hoop, you know, and that's, <laughs> that's how raw he was. Yeah. You know, and this is the same guy that's, that's absolutely killing the NBA, you know, and he's and he's shooting threes and he's developed into so much more than what he was. And it's a, it's a, he's a true inspiration, you know, to, to not only me, but a lot of other people around. And I think they're the kind of stories we have uh, in our great state. And we've just, we just got to do the right thing and, and, and um, tell them, tell them to people, you know, bubbles came in a couple of years ago uh, to my state group and he talked about his story and it was one of the most, um, thought-provoking and engaging talks that we've ever had or I've ever seen, you know, like I knew the story and I was I was into it. So, you know, we're lucky to have those people that are invested and, and Bubbles and, and, and Bainsey are just two of the ones that, that are, you know, great 
ambassadors for, for Queensland basketball and, and we, we try and tell those stories as much as we can but because their paths are different. Bainsey started late. He's from Mariba. You know, he, he got picked up after two years um, and went down to the AIS and, and did that and then went to, to college at Washington State. Then he yeah. went to Europe and his, his is just sheer work ethic uh, and desire and then you look at Bubbles and Bubbles had all the drawbacks and didn't make state teams and all of a sudden you know 20s he does and then he doesn't go to college he gets on the end of the uh, the Brisbane Bullets bench as a DP and then you know Blaze and Perth DPs like he, he spent three four years being a development player and then he got a crack and you know you look at him now he's the best strange shooting guy in the league so mm. their path is completely different their story is completely different but what sets them apart of those three areas that we talked about. Both of those guys are extremely coachable. They have a passion. They have a desire to get better. Um, you know, extremely good, good, good people. Um, they have a skill set, you know, bubbles, a skill set. Like I said, he's an elite shooter. Like that sets him apart. Like he, he's a scorer. Bain's skill set has evolved and that's been amazing to watch, but he was an enforcer rebounder screener and now he's so much more um and then the third is the athletic ability like Aaron Baines works works harder than anybody probably even in the NBA on his body you yeah. know what I mean and, and Bubbles again has the size for a shooting guard in the NBL level and internationally to be very very tough so um yeah mate your path your path is your path I don't think just because you make a team or an SPP program, like I say that even to the kids that do make it a program, don't think that this is this means you make it. It's probably the opposite. Yeah. Some some kids that don't make it get hungrier through the experience, and we see that all the time. And I, I see kids get complacent. They come an SPP and they just die off. Um, yeah. And they don't don't really amount to anything because they don't get it. They don't understand. They don't get that those key factors that I just mentioned, those three things, those key areas. So, um, yeah, man, definitely. Everyone's mm. got a different path. You can't get too caught up. You can't get too high. You can't get too low. Bottom line is, who are you? What are you good at? And are you willing to work hard for it? Um, yeah. And then, you obviously, want to surround yourself with and – and that's another thing. Well, you know, Aaron and, and Chris both had people around them throughout the process that they trusted yeah. uh, and that they listened to, and they don't – like I know Aaron well, uh, he doesn't really listen to, to outside noise or other people. So his circle is extremely small. And I'd, yeah. I'd imagine that's the same with Bubbles as he's grown older. Uh, he understands the importance of just having a small circle and the people you listen to are those that you trust. Um, so, again, you could probably add that into that key areas for people to be successful, athletes yeah. to be successful is have, have, have people around that you're going to support you who are going to tell you the things you're doing well, yeah. but the things that you're also not doing so well because, you know, we see kids that are just told how good they are and it, it doesn't end well. Yeah, I think that's probably a good thing to talk about too. Like uh, I, I sort of, in my own experience, you know, disappointment was a pretty good motivator to, to make sure I never got left out again in, in that sort of state team journey from under 18 to under 20. And, and I suppose when you're, I guess, talking to kids about uh, dealing with disappointment and dealing with getting left left off the list or uh, really, I guess it comes down to being fairly specific about the areas where they're not quite there. Does that sort of conversation get any easier <laughs> the, more, the more you do it? Or I guess it's a very tailored no. type discussion, isn't it? 
No, it doesn't. It doesn't get easier because it's the last thing you want to do. Like I, I, I mean, ultimately, my job um, is to work with thirty athletes um, in our SPP program every, you know, every every age group every year. So you know, one hundred and eighty athletes in both South and North using my, you know, resources and my coaches I've got obviously as help. But yeah. my job is to get just to improve them and give them time and give them experience and give them knowledge in that time. So they're better in the long run. I'm not necessarily like, I want to prepare them for a state team, but that's only part of my job. But my, my job is to, to instill these kids. And, and the reason why I love it is because if I can instill passion in the game, especially on the, on the female side of it, if I can get, those girls continuing to play for longer, then I feel like that's been a success, um, you know, because of the drop-off rate. So, again, that's just a little minor thing for me is that kind of drives me to make sure that those girls feel like they're in an environment which is supportive and they can get better, um, you know, and ultimately, you know, not everybody can make the team and we make that clear. Um, and, and if they don't make it, we'll give them feedback. Um, it, it is, like you said, it is difficult um, because some people don't want to hear it. They ask for it. They don't want to hear it. Um, yep. You've got people that are happy to hear it. Um, you know, we still think face-to-face with the athlete is the best way to go. Yep. Um, and they have a notepad and they write it down like it's like their goal setting. Um, a lot of the time – and the process is because we deal with so many athletes and, and families is is to get that relevant information out quickly or yeah. as quick as possible. It becomes really hard and um, watered down in my opinion. So I try and get as much, you know, live feedback as possible on the go. Yeah. So, they they are kind of piecing it together. So the second part of that is to get the kids to understand that that's what we're doing. Um, yeah. Your feedback is every single Tuesday and every single Saturday when I'm working with you. You know, if I pull you over and I say something to you, that's the feedback. That's what you're working on at, in that moment, and you just need to keep piecing that together. So, um, you know, sometimes I find a little bit kind of intuitive to end the process and spit out some feedback. You know what I mean? I think yeah. a good chat. With a, with a young athlete gets them to understand those things a little bit easier um, than what it may if it, it's an email to the parent and the parent has to get it to the kid uh, and they tell them. So uh, it, it, it's case-by-case case basis. Um, you know, different athletes handle it differently, different parents and families handle it differently. But in my opinion, it's, it's better and easier um, to just rip off like a Band-Aid, you know, the old um, – you know, you got to give them the sandwich. You got to give them a compliment sandwich. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can't just say these are things you need to work on. Go and do it. Like it's got to be in context. You know, and sometimes, like you, you know how it is. Someone sends you a text message and like, what is this lunatic saying to me? I can't believe you would say that. And it's just lost in translation. So feedback and those kind of things on technology are no different. So it is much easier for me to kind of, and and that's something I try and do is try and talk to them a lot more, you know, interpersonally in, yeah. in those times. So yeah. they've got a good feel of what they do wrong and what they do well. Um, and sometimes they've got to piece it together themselves too, Anthony. That's yeah, the other yeah. thing. We don't actually allow them to think for themselves. We tell them this is what you do well and this is what you don't do well. 
and they don't even have an opportunity to, you know, have a rebuttal or say, no, I disagree. This is what I'm working on and this is what I'm doing for this. Like there's, they've got to be able to think for themselves and be self-aware enough to be, you know, if you ask a kid, like I ask the 16s kids all the time, I go, what do you do well? They go, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. a common answer. Like I don't know what I do well on the bubble court. And I go, well, that's an issue. You know what I mean? Like if you don't, if you're scoring 20, 30 points and you don't even know how you're doing it, that's yeah. an issue because you're not going to go into national level and score 20 or 30 just not knowing how to score 20 or 30. Like yeah. you can't just click the fingers and, and you go and do it. There's got to be some sort of process or system that allows you to score 20, 30 points. Uh, because when it gets harder at the national level, you have to understand where your points are coming from, you know, whether it be, you know, six foul shots a game because I'm shooting 80, 90%. It, it could be, you know, two layups a game because I'm good at driving and that's my, you know, that's, that's 12, 14 points already, you know. Yeah. So yeah. they're the kind of discussions we try and start to, to – we try and plant those seeds to get them to think like that. Uh, like I said, the, the successful ones piece it together quicker – the ones that don't understand and just kind of turn up and play, they're the ones that we kind of we we are more concerned about in the in the development side of it because we're trying to we've got to spend more time with them and we need them to invest in that as well. Um, yeah. So we just got to keep working at it. But like I said, case by case, everybody's different, and you don't treat them any differently. You treat them all the same, um, but you just have to adapt um, as yeah. best you can. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we might just turn the corner a little bit and we'll just maybe have a bit of a chat about what's happening now. And obviously everyone knows associations and, and there's been direction from Basketball Queensland and Basketball Australia just about, uh, I guess, a, a close down period based on, based on health advice and that sort of thing. So, And I suppose my first question is just around, you know, probably more directed to players. You know, they're, they're obviously impacted and they can't train right now or can't play right now, but um, there's probably lots of things they can do on their own and in terms of just staying in shape, but also just working on refining those skills and, and maybe challenging themselves a little bit as well. So would your advice be, you know, for players might be listening, how do they uh, keep sharp and, and, and sort of stay ready? Yeah, to start off with, Anthony, if a player is listening to this talk 50 minutes in, I think that we're, we've, won, we've won something, <laughs> you know, one player listening <laughs> <laughs> to me talk they they have to listen to me talk every Tuesday and Saturday so I don't think they're going to be they don't think they're going to be clicking this <laughs> podcast mate I apologise for that but uh, I'll, I'll put a marker yeah, mate, in there so they can fast forward to it yeah that's it yeah what if I want the information quickly um, <laughs> look again I mean at, at, in our level like there's there's a million things and I think I, I've probably been I think the world's changing and the world is changing rapidly. Like it is all we've, we all have to adapt. There's all, there's things that are changing hourly uh, in our, in their current reality. So, um, you know, I've sent a few emails out to our, to our athletes and, you know, the reality is they don't understand. They would not understand. Like they're too young. Um, they're too oblivious. Like they understand, you know, probably, some minor things around the implications of this but for the most part I think parents would try and you know whether it be a financial impact to a family I think you try and protect your kids I've got two young girls like you don't want to you don't want to give them everything, you know, but it, it is, it is all consuming. They obviously understand what's happening. They understand that this is a bad thing that's happening to the world right now. And, but they don't understand the intricacies of it. They don't understand why they, they there's a lot of why there's a lot of, 
whens, you know, yeah. when, but it's just, it's no different to me and you, Anthony, and we were talking before the pod that, you know, it was always, the, the hardest thing is just the unknown, not knowing, mm. not having time frame to work yeah. against, you know, when you've got, you know, mortgages and you got bills coming in and a lot of people are going through some very tough times and our kids are going through tough times too, just the simple fact that we've taken something that they dearly love away from them um, or this virus has um, that doesn't allow them to do what they love doing with the people they love doing it with, you know? So yeah. um, we just, we just got to look at, we got to think outside the boxes. The Australian community, basketball community are really good. The high performance networks, the Victoria, the Victorian high performance guys are really good. They're really active in this space. Um, Obviously, they've got a whole bunch of coaches. Um, I've saw, I've seen a lot of uh, clubs be really proactive. A lot of them are starting to get some information on some online learning, uh, yep. which effectively is a way of the future anyway, um, which, like I said to you, it, we probably haven't touched on it enough yep. considering what we have. So if anything, in a, in a positive light, is that we actually are opening up doors that, in learning space or with athlete learning that they weren't privy to and we weren't utilizing. So I think it's an interesting time. We've tried a few things. You see there's a couple of apps out there and there's one that we're using at BQ and I'm I'm using with the kids and trying to get them engaged is just on our home court app. I think it's free till April 31st, which hopefully gives us an end date, um, you know, and hopefully things are back to normal. But for that time being, there's, there's a whole bunch of challenges, whether it be ball handling, shooting. Um, there's some online resources on, 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 on learnings and, and things like that. So yeah. we're using that as kind of a medium. We've set up a group on that. I know South Australia has done the same thing. Um, so we'll engage with our kids there. Uh, we've got, I've set up an Instagram account, a coach Instagram B- BQ account, which I will challenge some kids on, um, whether it be through athletes challenging them. Um, but there's a few things that we want to use and we want to try there. Um, yeah. to see if we can get some because Instagram and, you know, TikTok or whatever it's called, they're, they're the main <laughs> forms right now. So yeah. we're just trying to get information to them quickly and engage with them quickly uh, and actively um, on the daily. So there's a few things we're looking at. Again, like I said, it's just adapting. Like, you know, I've done more work in the last, you know, uh, three or four days on, on online uh, and researching online and things that we can do uh, yeah. and some different areas that we can touch on. So you've just got to, like I said, you've got to adapt just like we expect our kids to adapt as coaches, as administrators, we've got to adapt and tough times, um, you know, you know, tough times will, will, will make or break you. But again, if we get through it, we'll be, we'll be better prepared at the end of it and we'll have learnt more through it. So, um, you know, another, another thing we're looking at is just developing our mental fitness. So looking at, uh, developing a mental fitness program, just using some resources through Headspace, um, online, uh, just getting our kids to kind of start to engage in, in that side of the, the sport. Um, or of life because at the moment like this is a challenging time for everybody like yeah. I said our kids our kids are struggling just as much as us you know I've been trapped in a house with a, you know two kids under the age of three and my three year old is 
she's going crazy without basketball. She doesn't even play. She just wants to go to basketball and she doesn't understand why. And um, she's on edge. Like I'm on edge. She's on edge. We've been arguing. I've just realized that I'm actually, I've got a little mini me in the house and I can't be around her for too much longer because we end up just arguing with each other. I'm arguing with a three-year-old. I got to wake up to myself, but um yeah, but everyone's missing it, including my three-year-old daughter who, who doesn't play it. So we just got to make sure everyone's supported, everyone's got guidance uh, with their mental fitness, their mental mental health, uh, as well as their physical health as well. So not losing sight of that, not just expecting, hey, these kids can go and train and get better, and, you know, make sure that they're practicing good mental health routines and um, we have a good good app called Own Your Goal that, that can track their wellness and how they're feeling and we can track, we can track them and, and see if they're in a bad space or, you know, struggling mentally. So we, we usually touch base with them if they are. Um, so there's a whole bunch of different things. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't stop for us. Uh, it mm. just changes the goalposts a little bit. Anthony, like everybody else, you still find ways uh, and that's what human beings do. <laughs> we yeah. get told no or do something and we'll just find other ways to use our time effectively. So that's kind of where we're working at the moment. Um, yeah, and we'll, we'll see how that progresses and I'm sure some things will continue when, when, when hopefully, you know, life goes back to normal, let's say, and, and there's other things that just kind of we tried and it might not have worked. But at the end of the day, you know, we got to, we can't sit on our hands and, yeah. and just wait for this to pass. We've got to kind of be as proactive as possible and, and make changes and, you know, help each other out. Like, you know, yeah. talk to each other. That's a different thing. Like, you know, we're like they haven't talked about that in terms of all the government things that if we're trapped in our house for 14 days without some people not getting paid, you know, um, you know, and they get limited access to, to kind of, you know, fresh air or just those socializing aspects of it. Like what's the, what's the to- toll on their mental health? So mm. I think that's a really important one for me, uh, in which we try, we're really trying to, um, really grow that space at basketball Queensland. So we're just, we're just really intrigued by that right now and, and yeah. making sure we're there for our kids and our athletes, not just in SPP, but, but all all Queensland community, um, all the basketballing um, clubs and kids. So um, yeah, so that's that's kind of what we're doing, mate. We're keeping busy and and continuing to to grow the game. Yeah, um, probably uh, just throw in another resource that I picked up. With through, I had a guest on, uh, Dr. Stephen Bird. He he did a bit of work with uh, Rob Beveridge yeah. at Illawarra and also up in Townsville yeah. um, with the Crocs when they were going in. He um, mentioned an app called Smiling Mind, which is a yeah. a good one if people haven't checked it out. It's it's a free app. Um, they've got a lot of resources and, and some of those are aimed at kids in terms of you know learning about um, just that sort of uh, being present and well-being but also you know how to sleep how to study and all that sort of thing too so worth checking out yeah yeah um, for sure That's, yeah great he's a great man and he does some really good stuff i think the more that we can get into that space and we can kind of um you know show show athletes young athletes the way in there and they can get a hold of their their mental well-being and i think yeah. that, that allows them to do that thing on the court as well yeah, for sure. So I guess, you know, like you touched on some of the stuff that maybe coaches can do in this downtime. I know myself, like it's a little bit strange having two nights freed up during the week, um, but you're not at training and, and probably another night where you're 
just doing other basketball stuff that you'd normally be doing. So a lot of things coaches can do too in in this period of downtime, just in terms of uh, I guess you know furthering their education or or um, just uh, you know having a look at some stuff that maybe you just haven't had the time to do before. So have you got any? Um, ideas there about what people might be able to have a look at yeah i mean there's heaps like if you if you want to find it you'll find it um look i think i think for me it's a really good time like in the performance landscape we we get very little downtime so planning and and that is always on a a short leash we've got to turn things around quickly and and we can't make too many changes because it it, it effectively change takes time um so for me it allows us to look at our content look at our reviewing of how we do things um allows to plan for future and you know in contingency plans in terms of if this happens again you know what is our online learning look like you know what i mean are we if it happens again or something severe happens where kids you know don't have access to to what we do on the court then is there something for them so there is a whole bunch of that um look i I mean i'm i'm a fiend like i've like i said i've been around it since i'm i was three i just i'm an absolute tragic like i watch (laughs) basketball games after basketball games and and i don't even i don't even like when i was a player i used to just watch it for the fun of it and yeah. I noticed the difference, and I used to say to my wife, I, w- I don't watch games now for enjoyment. I watch games for to see what kind of actions uh, and patterns are in the game or what coaches are doing. So I'm I'm more of – that's how I know I'm a coach. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, what yeah. I'm looking for. And I, 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 I took me about two years to actually, you know, not be disappointed in myself <laughs> because I went, I, I used to like basketball better when I was a fan and I just watched it and I got the enjoyment out of it. But at that point that it comes, you know, what you do and you're looking to, to push boundaries and you're trying to look at implementing other people's things is just watch games. Um, you know, I got certain coaches that I use, um, you know, obviously Chris Oliver was out here in January. Uh, I like his stuff. I like his style. Uh, he has a whole bunch of resources. Um, if you're junior junior coaches, then uh, Junior MBA is is one of the most amazing apps that I've seen okay. uh, in the junior coaching space um so it's junior mba coach uh it has session plans it has all sorts of things so if you're under 12s under 14s and you could get away with under 16s rep level like that is is a great app so junior mba got a really good website they have everything on it um basketball australia for those that haven't been on it go on it um lono um you know does a great job he's one of the great educators in australia uh he has great resources like if you want to find it you can find it look in the right places um i I mean my personal objectives is is understanding the european game a little bit more um I, i understand the nba game i understand the pattern i understand what they're trying to achieve um so i'm really intrigued by the european style i don't think we're we're more american uh in our junior development systems um and and senior basketball style uh i think we're more like if you watch the nbl it's very much 
uh, more like the NBA, but we're kind of like a cross between. We don't really have a certain style, but the European style is in terms of junior development, that's a space where we're really trying to pick up because we've identified that that's where the most skilled players are coming from. NBA have the athletes, America have the athletes, um, you know, European generally speaking have better, more rounded skill sets uh, yeah. in those younger ages. Um, so we're somewhere in between that. I think that's the balancing act, but that's my personal kind of, you know, it's my personal kind of goals is to understand and watch more European games and, yeah. and, and ways of doing things. Um, but again, like Bath Australia, Junior NBA, Chris Oliver, um, you know, get on fast draw, you know, you play around with it. Again, it's, again, it is hard because, you know, even I find as a young coach, um, the more information you get, the more you want to coach, the more you want to show those things. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's been many times that I'd have to stop myself and remind myself that, you know, less is more and, and, it's about the athletes, not necessarily about the coach. So yeah, yeah. even myself, uh, you know, I have to remind myself. So again, we still need to upskill as coaches, but we need to still have a core, core belief in why we coach and philosophy and why we coach and how we do it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and if we're successful or if we're perceived to be successful at something, then, then, then stay strong with that. Don't, don't vary because you went and watched a whole bunch of YouTube clips and you, you know what I mean? If that, <laughs> this is the newest, you know, you've still got to, you know, the, the, you know, the meat and potatoes always work. You got to know who yeah. you are as a coach. You got to look at, look at your strengths, look at your weaknesses, um, as areas to improve upon. Um, and then, you know, and, and keep it simple. Like it's, yeah. you know, understanding simplified, you know, like read and react. Can I coach read and react? Do I understand dribble drive concepts? Like as a coach, that should be step one. And if mm. you can do that, then absolutely go to the next stage. Next stage might be, you know, advanced defensive schemes. You know, you could, you might try different zones that, you know, you trap different angles of passes. You know what I mean? Like, so that might be step two. Step three might be, you know, and you have to be able to be successful with those things and, and do that well and find out if it works for you and then move on to the next thing. Um, yeah. You know, and that's, that's a benefit of a, a, per, a job like mine, you know. I, and I had um, the great Brad Davidson gave me, when I first got the job, he was up at Darwin and he said, Luke, you got, you got one of the best jobs in, in the world because, you know, you can try things and stuff up and no one will care. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like you, you, can, you can, in terms of development, like try different, you know, different drills, different skills, different things. Like, and, and yeah. if it catches, it catches. If it doesn't, then you let it go. You know, no one, no one knows any, no one's any wiser. So, um, you know, I don't take this job for granted. I, I enjoy it, and I enjoy, you know, working with the with the athletes I do. So, um, you know, it's just priorities. You know what you're looking for. I know what I'm looking for, so I'm one of the lucky ones. I know what I want to learn. I know where where to find it. Um, you know, and, and through guys like yourself and Chris Oliver and other guys that are having, um, you know, you know, opening up, you know, podcasts to the world, we're, we're getting more and more as a coaching fraternity, which is absolutely awesome because as a young coach coming through, that's all I ever really wanted. I just wanted guidance because although I knew what I was talking about, although I felt like I'd, I'd been taught it, I didn't know and I wasn't confident enough in, in doing it. So sometimes yeah. all you need is someone to say, 
it's okay. You're doing it, you know, this way and that's fine. There's no wrong and you just got to keep adjusting and be self-aware enough to, to know when it works and when it doesn't work. So, yeah, um, yeah plenty, plenty of things. Like I'm happy – I'm happy to engage in anybody that kind of wants more information. I know we've got a Michael Lake, he's our coach development officer. Um, I know he's got a few things with Warwick that we're starting up. Um, we're hoping to get some kind of online meetings and, and kind of coach education sessions set up. Um, but we're planning that uh, as of tomorrow. So hopefully within the next week or two, we can have, you know, a bit of a, um, you know, an open forum um, in the Queensland community. I know that around the world, like there's, there's guys doing it. Peter Lonigan uh, was just a presenter on one in a uh, worldwide one. So yeah. uh, they're there. Yeah. Just, just look in the right places. Um, but yeah, my go to is basketball Australia, yeah. Um, Chris Oliver. Um, I love, I love obviously YouTube, but just be careful. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, right. yeah. Uh, and then, you know, junior NBA for the really little ones. Um, and, you know, fast draw if you, if you really want to get your creative juices going. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, uh, probably, Give a little shout out. That one that you mentioned that Lono was on just recently was um, coachesclinic.com. They're just doing a series of online sessions, I suppose. Uh, I think it's pretty much free too. I've, I've logged into a couple of them and um, I've got the email. Obviously, I wasn't able to watch them at the time probably due to the time difference, but they'll send you a link to the um, to the session and you can just watch it whenever you want. So I think those are great things. I think too, um, just probably give a shout out to the, the Victorian people and uh, the talking Split. That's another good podcast. Um, a lot of good stuff coming out of that through their uh, coaching development people down there too. So, and like you say, you know, if you get on to uh, Peter Lonigan or Chris Oliver, um, great content all the time. You know, like a real steady flow of uh, good information. So, yeah, very much lots to find and uh, lots to have a look at. So, use the time to, to like you say. I think I totally agree with you though. You got to work out your own philosophy and and uh, know why you want to do it. And sometimes you'll get it right, and sometimes you'll get it wrong. But it's um, it's all all part of the learning. Yeah. No. Again, like know know what you're looking for as well, because you yeah. could look endlessly. Really, you can, and you can, you know. And I've seen many coaches that you know might go to Chris's website and pay the membership, and, and his first, you know, he might put up a drill, and then they go straight to that drill. You know yeah. what I mean? And they doing that at their next training. So that's generally not what Chris is trying to get across. You know, like he's, he, there, there is a process. You need to be able to build it up. And like I said, this know what you're looking for. Write it down. Put a plan in place for your own coaching development. Um, obviously, I think that space is is very untouched, especially in Queensland. Um, you know, we're effectively, a, like I said, the, the membership base doesn't allow us to – we're not over-resourced by any means, you know. And obviously, with these tough times, it's going to probably be even worse. So um, I think we just got to band together and, and kind of understand that it's an all-in approach. And if you want to – you know, educate yourself and you want to, you want to improve and just be open to it uh, and, and write out some things you want to learn and how you do that. You know, a yeah. lot of it is experience and, you know, we, we're happy to have as many coaches as we can around our SPP program. Um, that will be a tiering process and you'll have to do a certain amount of time um, once we get back into it, but we, we're happy to have as many around as possible and we want to educate and, 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 teach a lot of different, you know, um, coaches because yeah. the more coaches that are learning, more coaches that are getting, um, 
educated, the better our kids are equipped to, to, to you know, turn pro and go to reach their dreams. Yeah, yeah, that's it for sure. So I think there's uh, plenty of food for thought there for everyone. And like we say, a lot of support around for people as well at the moment. So don't feel like you're alone in any of this stuff and, and just reach out because one of the things I've probably learned is basketball is a community and, and people really do care about each other. Um, and sometimes that develops over a long period of time. So uh, there's always someone there to listen and, and uh, certainly support. And if anything, just have a bit of a chat. Absolutely. Absolutely, mate. It's always good to, to chat basketball and obviously probably broken the record for longest podcast because I ended up talking too much. But uh, it's just good to step away from, from the realities that we've got, mate. And I hope that, um, you know, anyone that listens to it, I don't know how many people, but, uh, you know, if you listen to it, like I, like you said, like I said earlier, and like you just said, Dan, if you, if you want to chat, you want to talk basketball or anything like that, just, just let me know. And obviously thank you to for allowing me and uh, you know to talk a bit of basketball and in times like this it's been uh, an absolute pleasure mate and I appreciate it yeah no worries Luke and I want to thank you for your time as well great to have a chat again uh, we'll have another podcast one day about the uh, Logan Thunder and the NBL one season if we uh, <laughs> yeah mate yeah we get going crossed, it goes ahead but, um, yeah yeah, we'll we'll see, we'll see. We uh we 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 were just we were just starting to get on a roll, mate. We were having really good good hit outs and you know, obviously but everyone's in the same boat and yeah, like obviously at the end of the day we just want basketball back, whether it's the NBL one or, or junior comp or state teams, like I couldn't care less. I could coach my, you know, an under eight, under six you know my daughter's team you know to be honest with you i just want to i just want to be around it i want to be uh, you know there and and helping kids and helping athletes you know get better so um i know a lot of people are in the same boat as me and i know a lot of people struggling and 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 just want to get back to it so we just got to bide our time you know use it use it wisely uh, try and stay as positive as possible and um yeah, like I said, just, you know, hopefully NBL 1's back. But if it's not, then, hey, we know bigger things uh, are going on in the world and, and, and we'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, too right. All right, mate. Well, uh, thanks again and we'll talk to you again soon. All right, mate. Thank you, Anthony. Appreciate the time. Okay, mate. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. You can get in touch with me through my email at australianbasketballcoach at gmail.com. That's australianbasketballcoach, all one word, lowercase, at gmail.com. Also, follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter at OzBballCoach and also on Facebook with Australian Basketball Coach. So uh, looking forward to hearing from you and thanks again for listening.